<laughs> hey everybody welcome to uh season two episode 10 of conversational romance uh yeah i'm wearing my glasses because i just called my esteemed guest suzanne i just called her donna instead so i apologize man for getting started there but i will wear my glasses from now on out i learned my lesson there uh Suzanne has she is an established podcaster and broadcaster, and she is uh, for some reason or another, I'm not quite sure why. I can't wait to find out. She's agreed to uh, interview me today, in the kind of way that only she can. So we also, <laughs> hi, how are you, Suzanne? Great. How are you? <laughs> great. Thank you very much. Yeah. We also have Christy or Dis, which is our producer in the background. She's responsible for all my technical difficulties. And then Shirley's here. I'm not quite sure what she does, but she's always here. I like it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> she's our executive Beautiful. producer so i give her uh i give her plenty of hard time all right so suzanne how do we get started on this man you know i'm gonna I'm, I'm i wanted to do this so i can learn how to do this yeah well perfect so you want can i leave now <laughs> absolutely it's all yours from here on out ma'am i'm yours all right so well i'm curious for you to tell me a little bit about yourself because you're kind of you know there's not a lot that I know, you know, you were asking me about my bio, but share a little bit that you want the world to know about you. Uh, well, my, I'm 53 years old. I've been married five times. And that's mostly because I did, I wasn't aware that I was a dickhead. I mean, I mean, the trauma affected person. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. so I was just, I was running patterns my whole entire life until about four years ago when I'm trying to get out of it. Uh, I've kind of made a little bit of progress. And the reason I'm, I'm trying to do a podcast is because I've, I really enjoy talking to people. Mm, I don't nice. feel like I've had much of a voice in my life. I feel like my voice has been quieted by the women in my life. Uh, voluntarily, I let them. And yeah. my parents grow my the people that I grew up that they, they spoke for me a lot. I did a lot yeah. of things that other people wanted me to do. So when I'm here to give myself a voice and maybe give somebody else a voice too from time to time beautiful and what's your passion though in life aside from like marrying a lot of people what else do you like to do this is it this is what <laughs> i like to do yeah but anything prior to here that led you to here something had to lead you to here I, so i i was in a career that i had no business doing my i, I, I was in security for foreign governments for 20 you know i did airports and yeah. borders and you know security stuff for 20 years overseas I had no business yeah. doing that. I wasn't happy doing it. It was an in, it was a really good way to to cover my injury up because nobody knew I was I was only in one place for a short period of time. Right. Nobody yeah. got to know the true me ever. Mm. Yeah, the me I could sustain. Right. Well, that's so good. So what brought me here was I was honestly my counselor, uh, my daughter and I were seeing a counselor for about seven years, and one day she said, "Hey, Jeff." When do you want to start talking about your uh, your your childhood stuff? I said, "What do you mean, lady? Nobody ever touched me." And she goes, "No, no." Uh, she meant she goes, "I meant your da 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 da." She's listed all these things. I said, "What makes you think I have that?" She's Jeff. I, that's what I do. Yeah. So that was about. Well, I guess that's five years ago now. Yeah. Time's flying. So that's. Wow. Uh, now we're Good. here. Yeah. So what's the biggest thing you've shed in that process? Uh, every person in my life. Mm, but internally, not externally. 
me. I lost, I lost me for a while. Yeah. I, I lost all the bad parts. I lost, not all the bad parts. They're still, I, I figured out a way to turn the bad behaviors into gifts. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I can say I lost those behaviors, really. I lost the overthinking. Mm-hmm. I lost good. the, uh, I lost traumas. I lost my trauma brain. Mm-hmm. But in the last couple of days, my cortisol has been back. So I don't know where we're at exactly. <laughs> maybe I just, <laughs> maybe I just misplaced it temporarily. Yeah. Well, you know, those, uh, PTSD landmines can pop up because there's another layer to resolve. So yeah, I, think, uh, I don't know which ones were the PTSD or my dogs. <laughs> yeah. One or the other. Yeah, so what's your thematic them, but... that you were transforming? Meaning like typically each one of us have a couple things that we're destined to figure out. Um, so within that, that you've started to master or maybe mastered what, what's the theme? If you're writing a screenplay. Did you say screenplay? Yeah, if you're writing a screenplay, what's that theme? Like, what's the arc of your life that you're, you know, writing out the other side now? I'm still climbing the hill. But what is it? Like, because you're being a little evasive. <laughs> well, I, I need a minute. So this is, and, and I, don't, I don't know, I was talking to my team here, my, my people's, other my people's. I was talking to Shirley and Diz about this very thing. This is why you've taken me back. You've you uh, you visually set me in my pockets for just a minute. Mm. So let me clear that. Um, I've been writing a movie my whole life. Okay. From the time the first time I remember it was in first grade, right? When and I when we the book was uh, Sea Pug Run. It was first for our first reader that we ever did in mm. 1975, I think. <laughs> and uh, I said, uh, after I, I read my line, my th- it was on a third page of the book. I, I'll never forget, I, I even remember what I was wearing, right? And I remember Miss Kimplin, uh, Doug was next to me, uh, Brad was on one side, Chip was the other there, and uh, Mark, he didn't make it, he didn't make the year with us, but he was there that for the first couple of days. And I read, and after I read my line, I don't remember what my line was, it was weird. But after I read my line, I go, yep, that's going to be in the movie. <laughs> Just in my back of my head. I don't know. I, and that's the weird part. I remember everything else about the day. It was even sunny outside. I remember yeah. <laughs> and where I sat in the room and everything else. But I don't remember the line. I remember the third page, but I was so excited. I don't remember the line. So when you, say, when you say, what is what? What is the screenplay I've been writing? I don't I don't know what the apex is. I don't know what the focus of it is. It's been my life. It's been I've been trying to recognize points in life in my life that made a difference. And I don't know why. But now that I've been thinking about it for a few days like that, I still don't know why. So well, what's your jagged edge? What's historically been your jagged edge? We'll approach it differently. What do you mean? What's what's the Jagged edge, you know what a jagged edge is the thing that like catches on a sweater or pokes someone's fire. Or so, what's my flaw? What's, what's my no, big flaw? Just, I don't consider it a flaw. A jagged edge is just something that's to be polished. So, what's your jagged my self, edge? My self esteem. Mm. 
It was like a broken glass bottle on the concreted into a low low fence wall for most of my life. And yeah. I, whenever I tried to clear that self-esteem hurdle, I'd snag something. That yeah. was my jagged edge. Okay. And then what was your shield to protect your self-esteem? Humor and uh, sex. Okay. You get somebody yeah. laughing enough, you can fuck them. <laughs> That's a, no. Yeah, so, yeah. And so how did that work out? Well, it worked into five marriages. It worked into somebody taking care of me. It worked into a beautiful daughter that doesn't talk to me at all, has my phone number oh. blocked at the moment. As uh, It worked into a life of, I don't know, a life of chasing pleasure, a life of justification and Mis mis uh, misrepresentation. Mm. And so, if you put yourself together, like below, like just the shattered aspect of self, what what does that reflect now? What are you starting to realize? Mm. What I just I'm not falling. What I realized so about my past. We, no, just in this moment, you've it sounds like you've gone through a lot of transformation, and if your self esteem was low and you lift that up, what, what is that starting to reflect? Like, you know, we're each, we're all yeah. unique. Yeah. It's, uh, it's reflecting a feeling of safety. Mm -hmm. I'm, I, I feel safe with myself now instead of, I don't feel the need to surround, to have somebody take care of me any longer. That's good. That's You're moving out of well, codependency. Yeah. Yeah. Codependency at times seven, right? The, the, the thing is, I never knew, really knew it was about safety. And this, that's one of the things that, that TikTok has taught me, as a matter of fact. Uh, when I started talking to the, I'm, I'm huge, for some reason, I'm really big in the widow community. Yeah. And when I, when I hear the stories, that's, they're like, when, you know, when I first lost my husband, I realized for the first time in 35 years, I'm not safe any longer. Mm -hmm. And then you yeah. talk to vic victim younger people that have been victims of domestic violence. Safety. Yeah. And the crazy part about it is I don't know of any any of my pain or that <clears throat> any problem I had growing up that couldn't have been addressed with just a little bit of safety. Mm. Consistency. Yeah. yeah. So now you know how to keep yourself safe so you don't have to rely on someone else to keep you safe. Yeah, did we go? Did we did we talk about this? Or are you just getting lucky on these questions? Are just really good. <laughs> well, I do this for a living, so <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why. Yeah. So, so uh, the safety came the other night in the in the in the in the uh, shape of a really bad nightmare mm. that was that was brought on by a really a nice DMT trip. Mm. Yeah. I, I was what using was the a DMT. nightmare. Do you mind sharing? No, not at all. I'm very proud of it. It was, I, okay. it, it was scared to death, but it was one of those things that just kind of, it made sense of entry. I was, I, I had a, I have a DMT vape and I did the recommended three, three doses. And for the first time ever, I got, I, I got nauseous and threw up, mm. which is, they say is when it's coming. And I had a dream that, uh, I was just, I was a little kid again, and I was unsafe when people, things were coming to get me. Yeah. 
and I woke up and <laughs> I was I mean, 53 years old and I've been in every, almost every declared war on the planet since 1999. I've been, I've been bad shit my whole life. And I was scared to death in my own house. Mm. And as a kid, I would always hide in it. My safe place was a closet. I'm staring at my closet in my bedroom currently, and I'm shivering under my covers, grown-ass man in my covers, just scared to death of what's behind that closet door. Yeah. And, and I don't know if I'm awake or asleep at this time, right? The DMT will do that to you. Yeah. And then I'm now, and now I'm scared to death of what's underneath my bed. Mm. And then I'm thinking to my, and then it dawns on me, why? I was like, oh my God, these are adolescent fears. These are my fears. These are little Jeff's fears. And then I'm like, oh, okay. I'm saying, okay, I, I know what I'm doing now. I know what I need to do. So I had to go to my closet mentally with my, the one that I was, the, the one that I've been doing during my inner child work for the last two years. Yeah. That I always, I can always, when Jeff's, when little Jeff gets scared, that's where I always find him. Yeah. So I could go sit with him, right? So as I, as I was going to my meditation place where he's always at in that closet, he's, uh, he's not there. And then I look, he's right beside me on the bedside. Mm. He's never been there. He's never been there before. Yeah. The mosquito. Yeah. That's so beautiful. It, so what it was, is I, I got rid of, I no longer, the closet was it's not little Jeff's safe place anymore. I am. Mm. Yeah. I finally showed up to save myself. Yeah. Good job. I, I just, I mean, I don't, I think it was a DMT. Yeah. Well, the DMT is just opening you up so you can see your subconscious, what you have held, you know, so you, you did that. The DMT just helped you. It helped me open up for sure. Yeah. I'm going to see it. Yeah. So, well, that's, that's exciting. A good it step forward. A, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It was very exciting. Yeah. And then, so how, with your daughter, if you don't mind me asking about her, you can tell me now yeah. if you don't want to talk about her, sure. but um, with, with that dynamic, what do you feel needs healed? Because we're from an ancestor, from an indigenous standpoint, we're, we, have a responsibility for seven generations at the individual. So she's part of your seven generations. What's the destined transformation there? That's a, that's a really good question. And I'm not being evasive. I'm just trying to make sure that I, I speak clearly because I don't want to make a mistake on this. Yeah. You can speak from your perspective. So, yeah, the transformation you know, okay. that I want to make in the seven generations, ma'am, is consistency. Mm. I've not had anybody in my life that's ever showed up at this in, in any kind of consistent manner. I haven't been there for my daughter consistently in mm. any way for the first 16, 17 years of her life. But now, my best I can do is to... Is in the beginning is to provide a consistent message and be here and and don't don't be angry when there is when there is a reach out and don't expect more than than what the words are on the screen or in the in the voicemail mm. just just be me 
Yeah. Love. I've never loved. Yeah. It's never done that. Yeah. Well, it's hard to do if you're in fight or flight, you know, to receive it at least. Yeah. So what does it look like when uh, someone gets consistency from your vantage, meaning uh, part of your lineage? I don't know. I'll tell you, it's the first time I see it. And I hope I see it in my, I, I, I do try to, I do, I do ponder my, myself every day. I ponder my actions and what were purposeful and what wasn't, what was accidental and what was appropriate, what wasn't. So I hope I see it and recognize it, but I don't know what it looks like. I've never been consistent yeah. for anybody yet, man. This is new. Are you consistent for yourself? First time ever. Yeah, that's good. We'll keep building that muscle, you know? So for as long as I've been and ever lived in one place by myself, that doesn't have to have uh, the electricity turned off and on seven times. And not because <laughs> I don't have the money, just because I forget to do it because I was an immature jerk. Yeah. Well, that's good. A step yeah. forward. Growing yeah. Up. Yeah. And what do you feel your daughter needs or wants from you? She says she wants the truth. Hmm. I don't know what that means to her. She says she wants to expose me as a liar to the world that I am. Hmm. Do you know Story. why she feels that way? I don't have any idea, ma'am. She's never asked me any questions. I don't know what she feels I'm lying to her about. Hmm. I'm pretty certain I don't lie to her about anything. Yeah. And when you guys her. interact, like when you've interacted, would it be in those moments? Like she didn't. No, ma'am. Mm -hmm. She we we haven't interacted in in healthy way in almost uh, eight months, probably. Okay. So in, any interaction that we've had had have been confrontational. She will reach out and say, hey, "You're lying about this. You're you're this and this, and I don't have a choice." Mm -hmm. And blocks yeah. my number. That's fine. You know, here's the thing. I'm not in a hurry. I, yeah. I hope I hope it happens as fast as it can happen. Yeah. But well, this, and I, let's just say first play with me for a second. Let's yeah. just say you are a liar. Right. What does what does that matter? Like, I mean, <laughs> like, let's say she, she says you did this and yeah. maybe you're like, oh, yeah, I, I did. Yeah. yeah. So what's on the other side of that? You know, I don't know. I'd love to okay. find out. My my stance is I can't change anything in the past. Of course. Of There's course. nothing. That's the only thing I can do is be consistent in the future. I don't ask yeah. I'm not trying to get anybody to believe anything I say. Yeah. That's why I have a producer that checks everything I say. Because <laughs> I yeah. want to make sure that I'm, I want to make I've lied to everybody my entire life about who I am. Yeah. I'm, nobody's ever seen me. Yeah. Well, that's because you haven't really fully known yourself. No, I knew an angry person. And an angry person kept to himself because he didn't like sharing it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I mean, I would say that's the truth for your daughter. How old is she? 18. 18. Okay. Yeah, that's why I'm not in a hurry, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, and there's, cause there's always this, there's always a certain bit of, you know, I'm old and she's not. I'm a man and yeah. she's not. Right. And yeah. these these days, I am the most hated person on the planet. The 
white male and 50 years old right <laughs> to an 18 year old oh. millennial oh yeah because i you know remember i grew up when we said the n-word on on occasion and i grew up so, oh, it, so it's, she's heard it she's heard me say it right yeah i'm not perfect so yeah she thinks i'm the worst yeah. thing on the planet and i'm okay with that that means i've been okay yeah well there is also a lens you know that uh we we evolve in generations so to condemn one generation versus another is a little out of context because if we go back a thousand years it's very different so you or i could have a lot of conjecture about that moment in time yet yeah. we don't remember it even if we participated right I, but we I definitely might have an opinion now <laughs> I love the fact that you speak about our ancient behavior so much because yeah. that is that is one of the things that I've been studying and and I have been amazed at how well how much how far we've come across and how much we need to get back to more of our nature more of our ancient behaviors yeah yeah there's been many many different ancient behaviors on this planet yeah. right yeah well, I can give you a little tip with your daughter Please. is electromagnetically we're connected to our children. So for the mother, since she gives, um, if she, you know, develops it, her child in the womb, it's from heart to womb to her child's heart and the child's heart to heart with the, the mother. And for the father, it's stomach to stomach. So solar plexus to solar plexus fire. So just in the fact that you've potentially you know been wrestling with yourself that can actually well not actually it does impact the children and so that might also be why she's saying those words even if they don't have a lot of context because she senses your self not being honest with self you know that little boy that doesn't have the voice to be true and mm. and so how you can connect with her now until she's ready to speak to you is you can do belly breathing and just send her whatever you naturally and authentically want to send her just from tummy to tummy yeah. and until death do you part meaning whoever leaves first you're connected irregardless if people want to be connected or not and then that when that death gateway happens you literally unplug so a lot of people even if they're estranged from a parent or whatever they'll feel a shift in their system and they sometimes don't even know why but that's why because they either the electromagnetic field unplugs yeah. so ever since sunday morning of my my abdomen has been incredibly tense my stomach mm -hmm. has been in a knot it's not constipation i've checked that yeah. <laughs> yeah. yes i'm not sick but it did it, it's it was this morning it was almost debilitating not yeah. and it wasn't pain it wasn't cramps it's just <laughs> yeah yeah well be breathe like a baby so that's inhaling but filling the belly with air and then exhaling dropping it back towards the spine inhale filling it with air exhaling dropping it down and you're also hitting that belly button where you know that you and your daughter and all of us were attached to our mother so yeah 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 Oof, you, you'd be surprised what can start to happen when you bring some consciousness to that with her. Yeah. And now that you're getting a little bit more clear on you, it'll be really exciting to see because, you know, kids remember when they're young, they're so good at pointing out what, 
when their parents oh, are right. lying in public, you know. You yeah, did yeah. Not. yeah, right. You yeah. we didn't go to church, Dad. <laughs> we slept <laughs> in. We had donuts. Exactly. Uh, that spoke the, deep, the deepest to you. Hmm. That's hard. It's, don't think about it too much just let it come well yeah but when you're when you're running <laughs> when you're fight or flight all the time it's really hard to to sit i i kind of you ever saw the movie european Va no uh family vacation the first one with chevy chase yeah. they go to the they yeah. go to the, the grand canyon like yep that's pretty cool let's go <laughs> it's a big hole yeah. that's kind of what touring the world is like when you're in the grand canyon I mean, when you're in fight or flight yeah, but just sit here for a moment. Let just naturally see what comes up. You know everywhere you've been. The, the citadel. The citadel. Okay. Yeah, the citadel in in Erbil, Iraq. Okay. Knowing that 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 building was Tell there before it. Christ. Yeah. Right? It was there. So that I, I I peed on the ground in a building where you know in a hole in the ground in a building that's older than Christ. Yeah. yeah. Jerusalem and, and Israel, that was, it, it didn't do anything for me, which you think it would. Yeah. But there was something about, and, and, and knowing what all happened in that area between, you know, then the Ottoman Empire and the Romans when they were on their marches and their raids through that area, you know, the Turks and, yeah. and all of that, all of that, all of that history that ran through there. That's not it. Hmm. It was a castle in Jurakoster, Albania. Mm. that's what it was so <clears throat> up on the hillside is the old cat there's the the old roman aqueducts are still in they still will work if they get when they get rain yeah but there's one you can in albania don't give a shit what you do you, there's no little protected areas of anywhere you can go do whatever so i'm crawling around this castle I'm, and i go i got my flashlight on my phone out and i'll go, go digging around in what was the, the rear entrance from the, where they would shuffle the prisoners from one side to the other yeah. to work without being seen and so I go just I go digging through there. And the smell. It smelled like death. It smelled like dry, you know, because I've been around a lot of that shit. And yeah. it, it it still smelled like like dried blood. And mm. this there's a there's a meat smell to death when it's stagnant. If you yeah. so like some of the prisons I've had to go into where people have been dead for hundreds of years and they're just they never just let, left them in the corner and stuff. That's yeah. the kind of smell that castle had. And the castle was built before the Ottomans. I don't remember who was before, before the Ottomans, but whoever there for, I think. Yeah. And and it it just got to my, my bones. My, mm. I mean, it just it got in me and just I, I was I was uncomfortable. Yeah, I imagine. It, just get, and I just yeah. I just had to get out. But you know, oof. So is that, that kind of was that a, myth? Yeah, that had one impact for sure. It sounds like when I was at the batteries at Normandy. Um, but uh, one, one what happened? What, oh, we want to share what that. Happened. Um, sure. I yeah. We were traveling with a group of people, and they, the men, wanted to go and see. You know, it's, men tend to like war things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I just didn't really think much about it. I'm like, okay, we'll just go and had everyone. Um, I'm very, I have some special skills. I'm a little different. Mm. And so I got there and all of a sudden 
there are all these trapped souls. So similar to probably what you were feeling in that castle. And what'd I was call? like, what would you call trapped souls? So Tra soul, oh, trapped souls. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So when someone dies, if they don't mm -hmm. leave immediately, I was when I assist people in death, I'm like, you don't want to miss your subway. Say goodbye to your relatives, but get get on, you know, get on. <laughs> but sometimes people get attached. That's where you can get ghost phenomena and all those things. Yeah. So there were there are a large quantity of of people, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people that were trapped souls. So um, yeah, that was intense. So, but was able to assist in a certain way. What does it way. do to you? What does it do to you? Um, for me. I, I'm like kind of like, I don't know how to explain this. It's going to sound weird maybe to your audience. It's okay. So anyways, um, you know, those old bank machines where you put mm -hmm. your money in and it goes through. So yeah. I'm basically a vehicle for people to get back to their subway station. If a soul's lost, um, yeah. have been that way my whole life. And anyways, so you can imagine like sending like hundreds of transactions at once and my then husband was like you look like you're crazy right now i'm like you just need to leave me alone he's like go to the car i'm like you don't want me to go to the car <laughs> we'll be like so, taking all these souls with us on, so they would follow death. you so you're like the pied piper well, now no no i transport them but if i like right. ran from them and right. not just held still and allowed them to transition yeah. um right. yeah it's pretty fascinating but it felt like I went to about a hundred people's funeral all at once. Cause once when a soul leaves their body, they have this grief. It's they realize they're dead. Right. So yeah. a trapped soul is stuck. They don't realize that the war is over. Like they're still playing. So that's that dimensional field. They're still in world war two in the battle. Is that purgatory. Is that, is that what we've what we've heard described as purgatory in the past? Um, well, if you wanted to put a Western right? name to it. But yeah, yeah it could, I guess it could be, you know, purgatory can be in the present moment too. Um, yeah. You know, it's the state of the mind. That's why we want our mind yeah. clear yeah, from an Eastern perspective so that you can remain um, certain when you leave. You're Even it, if, you know, you go die in a battle, it's like, get on, yeah. you know, don't, you know. The does indigenous, it does it what? Does it drain you? Well, that one, that one did. My friend jokingly, he said, I guess you don't want to go to the beaches tomorrow. I'm like, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. Like that right. was enough. <laughs> yeah. Dang it. I think I go, I think I did my service for the, the trip. <laughs> so do you, yeah. do the people, when you travel to places, do people know that you have this in case you're like walking in a building? Oh, hey. Um, well, it depends on where I'm going and why I'm there. But yeah, yeah. the, the elders that I work with, no, you know, I don't like broadcast certain things that are happening, you know. Can you control so. it? Can you say not now? Because I'm busy. Oh, yeah, I can. Yeah, I don't get too involved with. But I, you know, if someone, I will always help someone get back to the subway station. I'm not going to, I don't, it's not beneficial for anyone to be a, a lost soul. That's, That's how so you get, you know, the phenomena that happens, you know, angry ghosts and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, but that's probably what you felt in the castle. Yeah. I thought it was just the smell. Well, that too, but I'm quite certain there were probably trapped souls in there. Do you think you the know. smell was real or do you think the smell was being projected by the trapped soul? The smell was a trapped soul. Could that happen? It could, 
it could be absolutely there's um in absolutely you can have psychic smell um that can come in related to what was in the grand canyon there's uh in the 1800s they sent people across to from the smithsonian to go and do treasure hunting and this guy kincaid discovered in the canyon i mean i interviewed a guy years ago about this but he because he climbed the grand canyon 21 times and found this location and did renderings of it but in what kincaid had wrote was that there was a this one mausoleum area that had all the like metal armor and everything there was a giant buddha there was all this egyptian artifacts and there was one area that had this really horrible stench and to me when i like read that i was like oh that's death like there's like something that was stuck there um yeah and anyone that would go into this area would usually afterwards like kincaid went and lived in a life of isolation in idaho um so or they would have an early death yeah so Mm. Yeah, it's very fascinating. But now it's out, they talk more about it. Because my friend Jack, I interviewed him like 10 or 12 years ago, and um, it wasn't as talked about. But now people are trying to like get in there (laughs) because the military has pretty much closed most of the Grand Canyon now. Right. Who knows? What are they doing in there? Oh, lots of things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I used yeah. to do a lot of that stuff, and I, who, I don't even count anyone I know anymore. I just go. Yeah. So, yeah. okay. So we went super kind of woo woo supernatural. Where's the place that stuck to you that was like really um, pleasant? <laughs> Constantia, South Africa. Oh, okay. Yeah. And it, I don't think it had anything to do with South Africa. Yeah. I, I, it was. What uh, was maybe, it? It was the. It was the. The. The host. There was something about the place I stayed. It was. It's still there. It's called the White Lodge in Constantia, South Africa. Google it. It's, it's amazing. But I was there yeah. for a very long time. We, I was there a lot. We we were doing a new uh, embassy there, and you know we only get the best places. So this place was. It's a bed and breakfast. There's no hotels there at the time. It's a bed and breakfast right at the base of Table Rock Mountain. Yeah. So you'd sit out there in in the garden every morning, have breakfast, and watch the clouds just kind of roll in. You know, as they do, as you've seen on, on TV forever. But there was something that's incredibly genuine. Even, I haven't emailed her in probably 10 years. But if I email her today, she goes, oh, she, and she remembers everything that we talked about. I don't know if she has a file somewhere, but it doesn't feel like she does. It feels genuine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But there was something about every every night I was there, every trip I was there, probably 70 or 85 nights. I felt more at home and at peace than almost any other place I've ever stayed. Mm. Yeah, nice. Uh, I don't know what it was. Yeah, what's the land like there? I haven't been to that part of the world. What is oh, the land like? Oh, dude, well, South Africa is genius. Yeah, everything's green, and yeah, yeah, so you have these giant parrots that fly. So they're just wild, right? And I'm sitting having breakfast yeah. one morning, and what would be a a, a five thousand dollar bird here just flies yeah. them from one tree to the other and lands on it. I'm like, oh my gosh, is that a big African, is that an African green parrot? And yeah. she puts her hand on my, she walks up behind me, puts both hands on my shoulders and goes, oh, Jeff, you sweet thing, you. That's just in <laughs> here? That's just a green parrot. <laughs> yeah. So. That's great. She, she was a very nurturing soul. Yeah. Yeah. 
That place so, is really thing too. That's good. So that's a strong con con indicator about your soul, that climate. Yeah. What do you mean? Well, when we find places that resonate with ourselves, that's that's Mama Earth. So being that it sounds like you have hmm. been working through abandonment issues, um, the Mother Earth aspect of that area is what would I would encourage you to always to recall because that would hold you like you maybe wished your mother would have, you know. Man, get out of my head, lady. What are you, <laughs> how are you doing that? That's crazy. <laughs> Because that's that's the part of that's what that's what it is about Jura Coster that that comforts me so much. And that's what it is about this bike trip that I took last week and that comforts me so much. It's wide open spaces. Yeah. So in when I'm in, in the Hotel Codra in Jura Coster, Albania, I'm in I'm on one side of a big, beautiful Bal you know, Balkan mountains, right? But it's a yeah. big, big valley. And as I sit there and have my coffee or my lunch or my dinner, I'm just you watch the storms roll in which is the chaos and then you see yeah. the sun come in afterwards which is the you know the rebirth i get it yeah yeah it's it. good that's where it's happening yeah. i like what but why is it wide open spaces and not warm huggy spaces well typically when people are dealing with trauma they want wide open spaces you might why because um, yeah. <laughs> trauma is like a total electromagnetic shake you know stress anxiety all those things like create a uh, tension in the body and electrically and so the open spaces clear it you know the open desert it lets the yeah. electrical system calm it down rechar it recharges you better because you have light from more yeah. sides yep yeah yeah so it might change because i always thought it was because I, I, I couldn't see what was coming hmm yeah so I'm always but, afraid of yeah, what I can't I, see. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you don't like surprises. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't like surprises at all, as a matter of fact. Yeah. <laughs> they trigger why. you? What kind of surprises you don't, don't like? Know. Like someone sneaking up on you and oh, yeah, that's freaking bad. you out? That's okay. bad. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, yeah, I don't like surprises. But, uh, <laughs> I I'm I'm leery of surprise gifts because like unknown gifts. If you just bring something to me, I, I get every you, most you most of my relationships. Yeah, most of my relationships have been transactional. Yeah. So if you're bringing me a gift, then you fucked up something, and you're hiding something, or you want something from me, and I'm gonna have to pay. Yeah. Yeah, and surprises me. Cycle. Yeah. What's that? It's abuse cycle. Yeah. 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 That that I know. I know that one. <laughs> yeah. But the uh, yeah, yeah. It's a uh, that's one of those weird things. Right? Yeah. So, how would you like to receive a gift now that you're calming down? Without so many words. Hmm. I would I would like to be able to receive a gift from somebody that I trusted that it was genuine. Mm -hmm. And there wasn't any expectation of return. Because then 
I wouldn't have to over explain how happy I was to get it. Mm. That's yeah. what I don't like about getting gifts. The expectation of the, the call and response. Yeah. yeah. Have you experienced it's, unconditional love? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I had a pretty low goldfish one time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm, I I don't I don't get I don't get it from my dog. This one maybe from another no. one I have, but this one this one he, I'm like fourth or fifth on his list of shit. <laughs> so I don't really know, ma'am. I don't think so. I I didn't really know that my <laughs> that my childhood was that bad until I was like 49, 48. Yeah, well, I treated everybody you're from, like. You go ahead. No, please. Well, I'm just saying, like, you've been on TikTok, so you know, like, this is a whole thing that's getting resolved yeah. from yeah. the eras. So yeah. the baby boomers to their parents to the generations to come has just been a domino effect. So um, no one's really to blame. We're just being a participant. I don't, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't carry any blame or I don't carry the need to blame. I don't carry any anger for the past either. Yeah, yeah. I let the anger go pretty much. Yeah. Well, the the reconciliation, each person that's doing their own inner work is actually helping your parents, your grandparents, because their souls continue. And so as you resolve it within yourself, again, back to those seven generations, both directions are getting freed up. Do you mind um, if we get into that a little bit? Sure. I'm gonna. So I, I'm gonna warn you. I'm I'm really comfortable with my shadow being in the public. I've been doing a lot of yeah. shadow work, so I'm gonna ask you some yeah. pretty shitty questions. Okay. Seven generations. Who? What are the generations? Now, I'm adopted at birth. Yeah. So, so how how does that work? I don't really have. I have an interruption in generations, don't I? No, you don't. How you do still I have? came does from mama. <laughs> yeah, you got counts? two two timelines to clear up. That's yeah, the two, the, the two, the two ones that they, they both fucked me over pretty bad too. Right? I, I got to well, meet. Well, you want to be the victim. My, I'm not yeah. the victim. Don't get me wrong. Well, I, you just said they effed you up. Yeah. So, well, if I you know, understand so, cause so and my, effect. Please, well, I'm sorry. What was that? If you understand cause and effect, it's yeah. it's more like you're you. Basically, we have a cosmic bank account. And so Ooh. the cards <laughs> that you were dealt are yeah. a part of your withdrawals that you took prior to here. So rather than everyone crying over everything they're experiencing to be like, whoa, let me take responsibility for my part in that. And even if we look at the abuse cycle, so, everyone's participating. The person okay. being abused, the person enabling, the abuser, everyone's participating. That's the cycle humanity's been under for a long time. You lost me, though. I have a question. That's yeah. why I was almost raising my hand. <laughs> so, so, but where? So, what? So, my, so you're saying that my part in my cortisol addiction as an infant was some was because of something in my previous generations? Yeah, yeah. Both from your your biological and your assigned parents. Yeah, so I'm I'm confused. How, how do I so? Because I, I want, and this is very, this is very 
very important to me, ma'am, because I, I yeah. accountability, like, there hasn't been a whole lot of accountability in my life and there is yeah. fucking none on the other side of my life. So I'm really, <laughs> I, w- I want to be accountable for my shit. Yeah. Well, when you and become now, accountable, it helps them. But, yeah. but now when you say that I have, I need to be accountable for my cortisol addiction, ma'am, how, how can I be accountable for something for somebody putting me in a crib and leaving me there to not be touched for two weeks? How can that, well, where, where, where's my accountability for that cortisol addiction? So we all karmically, and I'm sorry that happened to you. So in no. a, any, any <laughs> given, good. any given moment, we yeah. all have the capacity to do right. So even your yeah. mama who left you in the crib, right. even for her actions, more than likely stem from her upbringing and her grandma's upbringing so it keeps going so where does the blame lay it keeps going back further and further and further so she learned just leave the baby in the crib he's fine he's not doing anything Um, because the society wasn't as evolved first of all and so Mm. but she could have said you know what i'm gonna do it my way i'm gonna pick my baby up and i'm gonna hold my baby but and then she would have self-awareness yeah, she would have broke a karmic cycle. Doing right? what feels good instead of what is taught. Right? Yeah, but that was the era of you don't listen so, to your heart. So that's my, I mean, that, so what, that was her karma on me? It was both your karma. How could it be my karma? I didn't do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you understand, so, you have to understand I'm talking from an eternal Yes, ma'am. Okay. So, but I want to. So, when I this, is, I do. I, I'm going to give you a hard time about this, but I do. It's a. Yeah, it's a really honest fine. question. I can take and a I hard wanna, time. <laughs> I want to give you just a little bit of history of why this is important to me, because one of the after after I read the standard Your Body Remembers book, right, which is a great book. One of the next books I read was the How You Get the Five the Five Addiction the Five Trauma Behaviors, and that's where I learned how we got our our cortisol addiction. Yeah. And. You know, when ba- and so so what I understand is that when you when babies aren't attuned, trip nine, hey, seats, seats, braver hunt, braver hunt, apologies. That when when babies aren't attuned, right, so they don't know what they need, poop or pee or whatever or food, they go rigid, they cry, they get red, da 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 da, and then the, the more rigid they get, eventually they they use every bit of the fuel they can, and the body goes, the brain says, uh oh, we're almost out of fuel. Send cortisol. Here's a little dopamine. Go to sleep. Relax. Recharge. Yeah. And every and that's that's what they started doing in the 20s after World War One. That was the new theory. Just let the kids self soothe. Right. So my my childhood work. I never went. I never was good enough meditation to go back to infant. Never did that. But but I imagined myself and, and pictured myself. You know, because I was born in a or in the uh, woman's home. My mom got to hold me for, she said, about 30 minutes, and then they put me in a crib. And it was their policy not to touch the baby. Don't interact with the babies. Wait until the adopted parents get there, and then they'll bond with them. Don't bond with the, first, with the nurses. Yeah. So basically, every one of us that came out of that home was addicted to cortisol by the time we got somewhere else. Right. Yeah. So when you say that, and I, cause I'm trying to feel, I was like, okay. I had nothing to do with that. I have no accountability for it, but now I am responsible for recovering from that. Hmm. That means all the bullshit 
that I've done is passed over over to my daughter already. She has get my karma. Yeah. She's so my our, next our, generation. We pass trauma in our DNA. Our DNA yeah. is a, like a microchip. So it and it transfers from generation to generation. And so generational right now, intelligence, right? Yeah. So right now it's not by accident that there's these se- waves of awakenings and people are dealing with these things. They're like, oh, I was left in the crib and and you're giving awareness to our consciousness that, hey, it's probably not a good idea to let a baby just lay in the crib for two weeks till a new mama comes, right? right. So that elevates our collective consciousness as it goes for karmically cause and effect. Right. If someone becomes adept at leaving each moment in the past moment, there's nothing to carry. So you being left alone for two weeks is a story in your head. Yeah, right. And yeah. every time you like identify with it, yeah. you're creating an identification electromagnetic charge back to that moment, which right. can create the cortisol re- response. And and all okay. those other all those other patterns that you did, you know, like wanting <laughs> women or whatever behaviors yeah. you've had, um, right. shielding yourself by yeah. not letting people in, those were all your call and response. Now, in your next life, if you end up in a crib by yourself, I encourage you to remember your full omnipresent soul, so you can just hang out and meditate for two weeks until your mama shows up. That's where our consciousness can go. <laughs> Yeah, but we're Thank coming you. out of, you know, you. victim predatory. You're welcome. You get to be the teacher oh. and the student now and mentors versus, you know. There's not anybody the else in my life right now that believes in the same shit I believe, but you do. <laughs> well, because I'm, I'm trying to fix this for my <laughs> daughter. Yeah, but we're, but, but I'm trying to find the science in it, man. I'm, I'm just, I'm wandering around in the dark, right? Yeah. Trying to find my way and I, almost on purpose. I'm trying to find my way on purpose by myself, yeah. but but maybe it's time that maybe this is the the sign that I maybe should start asking for help. Yeah, well, I mean, there's a lot of Eastern science that yeah. shows to that. So the the coupling of understanding uh, the science of how we traverse yeah. through the universe, and then and a yeah. lot of it's been manipulated <laughs> so we're also discovering that but then also just right. you know wherever we place our faith also assists in that process 